Is that Steve Cawthon giving orange juice a workout? Sure is. Orange juice takes care of my thirst every time. It isn't just for breakfast anymore. Is that Roberta Peters about to have orange juice at a dress rehearsal? Of course, it's refreshing, soothing, and it isn't just for breakfast anymore. Look for 100% pure orange juice from Florida. Orange juice with a hot dog. With anything. Orange juice from Florida. are freezing our asses off up here in Chicago, and some of us are being kissed by the sun right now, like Peggy Kaczynski, Tyler Rocky, and Peggy Kaczynski here in for Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Peg, I envy you with the the fury of a thousand suns right now as I look outside on State Street. I'm in the studio, and I think I can see my own breath right now. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. I, okay, we were always taught never to talk about weather if you're in Florida and everybody in Chicago is in freezing temperatures because they don't really care. But the reality is we have a cold front in Florida, too. Do you? So, okay. Whereas my flight is canceled, I am looking at 50-degree weather here. So... It's not below zero like you guys, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not paradise, which is what many Chicagoans were hoping for when they fled. But it's good. It's still good, right? I hope. Tell me how you were doing. Tell me what your commute was like this morning. Okay, so the commute wasn't bad. Nobody's on the roads today. Nobody. Like, nobody's in the loop right now. It, it's, a, it's a ghost town down here, which isn't terrible. Um, but I, I did. I went to bed last night. And our thermostat was set at 70. I woke up, went downstairs, and it was at 59. Just because, like, there's so much cold air coming through that the inside temperatures dropped to, to 59 degrees inside. Oh. So I was freezing when I woke up this morning. I have some friends who were flying to Montana for the Christmas holidays. And when they arrived, a pipe burst oh, in yeah, their got- cottage. And they have not been able to take off their winter coats Ooh. since they arrived yesterday. So uh, my heart goes out to everybody trying to deal with the, the cold, frigid temperatures. I was looking at the New York Times this morning, and they were saying that there's more than 200 million people, which is two-thirds of the United States population, under warnings or advisories for the winter weather. So this is really crazy, this this cold that has hit us. More than 3,400 flights have been canceled in the U.S., and there's advisories and cautions for the high winds combined with heavy snow. It's just miserable outside. So we really advise everyone to stay inside and listen to ESPN 1000. Yeah, that's not a bad way to spend uh, the rest of your day. After us, it'll be Waddle and Sylvie. Then you got the odds couple from 6 to 7 with Mike North and Randy Merkin today. So dial us up, 312-332-3776. I, I, I mentioned it's a ghost town out here in the loop right now, but I have seen a few Bills fans walk by. They've got their their winter... It's not, not even like a winter coat that they're wearing right now. It's like a thin layer with their Bills uh, beanie caps on. And I'm intrigued by how many Bills fans are going to be out because that fan base, they brave everything 
to go out and see their Buffalo Bills. I'm sure there's a contingency who maybe have family in Chicago and it all worked out. Ooh, we'll come in, go visit the family, and then Christmas Eve we go to the game and then we spend Christmas with the family on Sunday. Um, but th- those fans are not afraid, and we have already seen a few of them walk by our State Street Studios right now, braving the cold when they don't even need to be outside right now. That's Margie and Greco's family, Patrick <laughs> Kane's family. Yeah. But this is the third game that the Bills will play that has been in winter weather advisory type of conditions. So this is nothing. Tyler, I remember the very first time I started covering the Bears like 25 years ago and went to Green Bay for a game. I had never seen anyone wear hunting suits to a football game. And men and women were wearing their hunting gear at uh, Lambeau Field. So since then, I have gotten used to it. And I was always made fun of because I would wear very heavy winter coats if it was below 30. And Dan Roan from WGN would always tease me no matter what time of the year because he thought that I was overreacting to the weather. But there have been some really crazy winter games for football that you just have to do everything you can to stay warm. Yeah, and we're going to talk with Chris Pekarski coming up at around 1230. He's a former equipment manager with the Chicago Bears, and he's going to fill us in on what are some of the little intricacies that we could be see be seeing at uh, at Soldier Field on Saturday tomorrow as the the Bears and Bills get set for battle. 312-332-3776. We'd love to hear from you if you're going to the game and if you are going to brave it out. I, I tip my hat to you because it's something that I certainly could not do. Um, I, I'm I'm always a person that would prefer to watch football on the couch anyway, but when it's going to be sub-zero and, and the wind's going to be howling at 35, 40 miles per hour, that is even more reason for me to sit on my couch at home. But if you're going to the game, we love to hear from you 312-332-3776 so peggy you are the intrepid reporter of this show you are the the buttoned up one you are the one who has been in the weeds of journalism on this show and i'm sure you have covered your fair share you kind of alluded to some of them um that you have covered in the past but what what is the coldest game that you remember being a part of well, the coldest game I remember being a part of was when the Bears played the Vikings and the Vikings were undergoing their stadium renovation mm. and they had to play at the University of Minnesota. I don't know what the exact temperatures were, but they were around zero. That field was a skating rink. It was so dangerous. We were doing our pregame reports beforehand. Everybody was slipping and falling. They did a nice job with heaters on the field beforehand to melt the ice on the actual field. But the second you went anywhere outside of the actual 100 yards in the field, like on the sidelines, you went flying, sliding. So I want to say it was like Marty Booker. I remember there was a catch and it was an out route and he caught it and he slid probably 20 yards after that. And I was watching believe it or not, the coldest game that the Bears ever played against the Packers back in 2008. I rewatched that game yesterday. And the biggest problem, Tyler, was actually the frozen turf causing injuries to players. So it was really not your your fingers and your feet, although those are the hardest extremities to keep warm. Mm -hmm. 
It was when a wide receiver went up for a ball and fell on the turf afterwards. Every time they were down for a while because the turf was so frozen. So I remember that. I remember watching Zach Saban, who was the sideline reporter for the Bears at the time. He was so cold, you couldn't see his face. They were giving him broth on the sidelines. And I believe his uh, nostrils had frozen from whatever warm breath was coming out. He had icicles actually forming around his mouth and his nose every time he breathed. I mean, it was at, that was really, really cold game. I mean, uh, listen, Zach's one of my Syracuse compadres. He, he should not be asking for broth on the sidelines, all right? I mean, he, he had braved four years out there where th- that's just another February day. I mean, we get 28 of these a, a year up in Syracuse. So um, shame on you, Zach. No, um, but when, when no, you... No, wait a second. Wait a second. And as our guest who's coming up at 1230, Carl Pekarski, the former assistant... Uh, equipment manager will tell you the equipment guys give it to the guys working the sidelines those guys don't ask for it they give it to everyone including players when they come off the field they get broth to sip to keep their hands warm as well they have uh like heating units sewn in their uniforms so that they can stay warm And I remember, I won't say his name, another sideline reporter was so ill-equipped for the weather that they had to go and find a pair of boots for one of the coaches to give to the sideline reporter because they just weren't prepared enough. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it does get dangerous. So you do have to, you know, be at least prepared somewhat. But I'm sure we're going to see a lot of these guys wearing no sleeves on the sidelines We'll be able to tell who the wimpier ones are, and those are the guys wearing the long sleeves underneath their jerseys. I feel like we've started to see that less and less now. Like the the old tough guy, everyone's out there except for the quarterback and the kicker wearing no sleeves on the field. But like I remember every pretty much every single game, we saw Khalil Mack wearing sleeves anytime it got cold out. Robert Quinn, I think wears sleeves no matter what the temperature was obviously those guys no longer with the team anymore but i feel like we're seeing that less and less i feel like we're seeing uh the players be like you know what i think i might actually play better with the sleeves on and and especially on the defensive line like that's another thing that you can like use like it's not easy to grab onto that that material either i feel like it's probably a little bit tougher to block that too well it'll be interesting to see if it's a group decision and you're not allowed to put sleeves on, depending on what unit you play with. Um, in 2008, the entire Bears defense went without sleeves. Typically, your entire offensive line goes without sleeves. And I think uh, Charlie has some sound of a couple of players that we heard from at Bears this week, Nick Morrow and also Nikhil Harry, talking about not wearing sleeves, one on the defense, one on the offense. Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> Is there, I mean, I mean, there's legitimate concern about frostbite. How, <laughs> will you consider whether whether it's smart to go out there with exposed skin? No, I probably won't. I probably won't wear them. Honestly, I'm just going to be honest. We'll see, though. If it's, if it's bad, I mean, I may put them on. Probably no, nah, I don't play with sleeves. I can't play with sleeves. How will you stay warm? Um... You know, the biggest thing is really just trying to keep my hands warm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have heated benches um, and some heaters on the sideline. Um, So the worst part is really like TV timeouts when we just out there on the field and, you know, you're just sitting there waiting for commercial break to be over. So really just trying to keep my hands warm with the hand warmer and, um, you know, you just got to adapt, deal with the the weather you're given that day. So that's uh, first you heard there from Nick Morrow and then second you heard there from Nikhil Harry. Um, And it's interesting, too, uh, hearing Harry say, I can't play with sleeves like so some of these guys, it's just uh, it's the way that they play. Everyone's got their little quirks to them when they go out and play. Um, and it's it's kind of kind of interesting that he refuses to play with sleeves just because that's he feels like he's going to perform better without them. Well, and he played for the Patriots, so they have been a part of so many of those cold weather games. Last year, there was a big it. one. Yeah, exactly against Buffalo, December. I think it was the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's funny, Tyler? Is that did you read what the Dolphins did before last Saturday's game? They, against Buffalo. What they brought in the heaters, right? The the monster heaters. They also practiced indoors oh, yeah. in Miami before this. they left. And they turned the air conditioning as low as possible, which was only sixty degrees. Yeah. So yeah, that's that not gonna to, not gonna cut it. Ready? Yeah, going from Buffalo or going from Miami up to Buffalo there. But if you're going to the game, we'd love to hear from you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Tony's in Lyle. What up, Tony? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. What you got for us? Yeah, so uh, I've, I've lived in Chicago most of my life, but uh, five years ago we moved out to Minneapolis. And uh, we're back in town this weekend, and I bought tickets a while back uh, for me and my, my brother and my dad. So we're going tomorrow. And uh, this is giving me some serious uh, winter classic vibes. Oh, yeah. We went, yeah, yeah. My wife and I, uh, this past February, we went to the, the Minnesota Wild Blues winter classic game. It was like negative 10. And uh, I will say, if you prepare right, the game is fun, right? You just got to be smart and, and bundle up and, you know, take care of yourself. But it's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm excited to see the boys out there, and hopefully Josh Allen doesn't uh, take advantage of us too much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tony. Appreciate the phone call. If you're headed to the game, 312-332-3776, like Tony, he's going to brave out the elements. You know, just walking around, and even like last night, I, I was shoveling my front step too, and they, we hadn't gotten the wind quite yet. It was probably like two degrees when I started shoveling, and I was fine out there. Like Tony's right, if you're bundled up and there's no wind, it's fine. But there's going to be wind tomorrow, and I think that's the part that kind of takes me from saying, "All right, I would never go to a game like this." It's the wind because I, I can't, I can't stand being in those windy type conditions like those ones. Well, that's what's going to be interesting to watch the Bears kickers during warm-ups because the first thing quarterbacks, receivers, and kickers are going to do is start tossing the ball up in the air just to see how bad the wind is going to take it. And that Buffalo game last year against the Patriots, it was incredible wind. I think they had 30-mile-per-hour winds last year. Yeah. And it... They, they thought that they would run the ball to start the game, and then they realized that it, it wasn't getting them anywhere, and they did actually start throwing the ball in the second half. Buffalo did. New England did not. New England only, I think, had three, three pass, pass attempts. attempts. Yeah. 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 But the other thing that a lot of fans will do, 
is put cardboard down underneath their feet Mm -hmm. so that you block the cold from the concrete floor of the stadium to getting inside your boots. But I was reading the press release that the Bears sent out, and you're not allowed to bring any cardboard in. So I guess go look for the few vendors that'll be open (laughs) and look for their pile of garbage and grab some of their cardboard for your feet. Oh, yeah. We may see some gross behavior. You know, we should go through that list of of some of the other uh, things you're not allowed to do at Soldier Field and in the tailgating lots tomorrow. Let's do that when we come back. Tyler Aki and Peggy Kaczynski in for Carmen and Yurko here on ESPN 1000. See what Carmen and Yurko are talking about on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Peggy Kaczynski in for Carmen and Yurko today. We're talking Bears and Bills and the freezer on the front this weekend. 312-332-3776 if you're planning on going to the Bears and Bills this weekend. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some of the tips as well. Peggy, you have covered a number of, of freezing cold games. and So what, what are some of your personal tips, Peg? For, for surviving this, being out there. Maybe you're not on the sidelines the entire time, but you've been out there for pregame warm-ups and stuff like that and post-games on the field. Like, what, what were some of the things that you did to try to spell the cold when you were out there? Well, definitely have to bring the hand warmers, and I would put foot warmers in my boots as well. But I did the old-fashioned thing that we did back in the 70s when we were kids, and which I still do to this day when I play platform tennis outdoors in the winter and your fingers are frozen and your toes are frozen. And that is put your feet in baggies okay. and our hands in surgical gloves. And then you put your gloves over your surgical gloves. And I'm telling you, by the end of the game, your, your hands will be dripping wet with sweat. So those are the only two things that I typically would do. Uh, we're not out there for an entire game. We go back up into the press box. Right. But for that hour that you are down there pregame, that is that was always, for me, the best thing to, to stay warm. So you were always gloves. You never went mittens? Um, both. So I have the insulated mittens. Right. Uh, so that's what – it kind of just depended – Once we switched over digitally using our cell phones for our scripts, Mm -hmm. instead of having papers, you need your fingers. So you needed fingers for your gloves to be able to call your scripts up on your iPad or on your phone. Oh, Um, okay. Now, one thing, I would lose my pieces of paper constantly. And what you'll see some offensive coordinators do is they will have a backup set of uh, plays for that reason. If weather gets really bad and all of a sudden it's rainy and even though they, they're laminated, sometimes if they blow away, there'll be a second set so that they could just hurry up and give it to them and you're not suddenly just scrambling. Well, I think a lot of Bears fans were hoping that Matt Nagy, that play card would blow away and it would never come back. Yeah. There wasn't a spare <laughs> sitting around. Okay, BU is off into the wind. Um, and and here we are, though. I think people do want Luke Getzey to hold on to that play card, though, because I think he has done a pretty good job 
so far this season. Um, the Bears have issued some guidelines for if you are coming to the game and knowing what you can and cannot do. Uh, we will get to those in just a little bit. But first, we've got some uh, fans that are going to the game and also have some tips for you. Let's start with Mark. He's in Lincoln Park. Mark, you're on Carmen and Yurko with Peggy and Tyler. Hey, Peggy and Tyler. How are you guys doing? We're great. A little cold here, a so, little warm down there, but we're all good. I was on the other day, uh, just a public service announcement for your listeners. As far as the cardboard and Peggy's spot on, all you have to do, and I'm sure you can bring cardboard in anyway, they're not going to know, but if you want, the easy way to do it are the Connie's Pizza Boxes. I, this happened to me last week. My son and I wore the wrong shoes, and our feet started freezing. So I just grabbed a couple of those used Connie pizza boxes, ripped them open, flipped them upside down, and was standing on a clean cardboard box. It it totally changed the fourth quarter for us. Easy peasy. This week, you know, you need hunting boots, the ski socks, long underwear, blue jeans, put on the windbreaker pants because of the wind, and then just do four layers on top. Make sure you got uh, warm headgear. And like Peggy said, use the hand warmers for your boots and your gloves, and you'll be fine. Your awesome. beer will freeze. The beer freezes at four degrees. Yeah, but as long uh, as you're drinking it fast enough, as Tom Waddle likes to say, that that won't be a problem. Well, here's what I also would recommend to your viewers. I don't drink anything at the game because then you have to go to the bathroom and with all those layers, forget about it. It's just yeah. it's an easy three hour in, three hour out kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Appreciate uh, it, Mark. It will be cool. Yep, yes, it will. Great day. You as yep. well. That's Mark in Lincoln Park with some tips there. Uh Honey Bear is also heading to the game. Honey Bear, you're on with Peggy and Tyler. Hello, everybody. Peggy, I just want to let you know how much I love you to death. I've met you a couple times, but I absolutely adore you. I'm so glad you're on the station. Seriously. Um, But anyway, tips for everything. Um, So everybody's covered needing to put layers. First off, you need to make sure that the base layer is not cotton. You will sweat in it. It is something that almost every athlete knows. You need to do kind of a wool or some type of synthetic that is designed to wick sweat and keep you warm because if that doesn't happen especially on the feet and the hands you're going to have you're going to be leaving in like the first five minutes if you're planning on going again so that's first off and second you need to protect your skin We've talked about the layering of the body, but, you know, we are going to have our face exposed. You're going to have some parts of your skin exposed. You need to use your thickest moisturizer. And even for guys who are like, well, I don't need that and all that stuff. No, no, seriously, the wind is going to kill your face. It is going to burn you. It is going to make you feel miserable for, like, a week if you do not properly protect yourself. So getting really thick moisturizer and i'm not saying use you know your petroleum based stuff um don't put vaseline on your face but do um like a rick shea butter as a base layer and then cover that with a moisture and um rich kind of creamy kind of stuff that you want to put on your face and the thicker the better because it's going to basically cause your skin to have this protective warming layer that is going to prevent it from getting whipped by the wind. So you need to really make sure you're using the thick moisturizers on your face, on your hands, making sure all of the bits and pieces of your skin that are out there are covered properly so that you can make sure that you're not going to have 
some major problems from the weather from there. Um, make sure you're protecting all the small bits, your ears. Make sure you're having either a hat or one of those awesome headbands that are going to insulate the gloves. Um, hot packs, obviously, in the feet, big time. If you can spring for electric socks, they're letting us wear electric gear, which is something they don't always allow. Um, it, it is worth the investment to get that, anything that is waterproof. Um, I actually love the tip with the bags because if you do not have um, any of the stuff, like any of the, the wool and stuff, there's something to be said about ponchos. It insulates your heat. It really, really does. So if you have to, grab the garbage bag after you put a couple base layers on and then put that underneath your winter jackets and stuff like that. That would help immensely. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Honey Bear, and stay warm out there at the game. 312-332-3776 if you've got anything bears on your mind. Tyler, one of the things as a golfer that I should tell you also Mm -hmm. is wearing your um, rain pants. Yes. Rain gear Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Okay. It helps a lot as a top layer over the, your wool layers because it will cut the wind, which is great. And it's hopefully waterproof. Yeah. We, when we come back, we will talk with Carl Pekarski. He is a former equipment manager with the Bears, and he has all the tips and tricks that you need to know and all the things that, they, that may be going on at Soldier Field that you're not privy to. He's coming up next. It's Tyler Aki, Peggy Kaczynski in for Carmen and Yurko. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. about the weather and how it is going to affect tomorrow's Christmas Eve Bears Buffalo's tilt at Soldier Field. And I was telling folks that the guys that really know the tricks are the equipment managers. So I reached out to an old buddy, Carl Pekarski, who was Tony Medlin's assistant for 30 years at the Chicago Bears before retiring this year. And he is joining us now on the show to help us know and understand what the players do to deal with this kind of weather. Hey, Carl, how are you enjoying retirement? Great, Peggy. How are you? Everything is good because I'm in Florida. You guys, unfortunately, are stuck in the tundra. So I got to exactly. tell you, Carl. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so when the Dolphins played in Buffalo... They practiced indoors with the air conditioning turned to 60 degrees. They sent over 1,000 pounds of cold weather gear, including capes, parkas, and scuba gear. They have hand warmers sewn into their jerseys, and they had all these different cleats. So give us an idea, Carl. You were there for the coldest Bears game ever, 2008. You have been in part of many of those cold weather games. What are some of the things we don't realize that the Bears can do to help battle the cold? Uh, first of all, they got to get their mindset that they're going to be outside in this weather, and they practiced in this during the week. So they got a pretty good look on what's going to go on tomorrow, and then they've been 
they've been using heat packs in the cold weather games and hand muffs. So um, they're just going to put on their cleats and and roll like they did it in practice. I saw some highlights on the uh, news yesterday. They were on the field, so it was snowing in Lake Forest. So they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna care about the numbers of the temperature. They're just gonna play like. They know how to play outside in this weather because they're Chicago Bears. Carl, do they still actually put footballs in the freezer so that they're no, used they, to the frozen footballs? No, they do not. Uh, the footballs, as soon as that bag goes outside, it's going to be the same temperature on the ball for both teams. Carl, you brought up the, the cleats, and I know when it's raining or, or when there's snow, there's those the extra long cleats, but you brought up... There's different kind of cleats that they wear when it's colder out. Uh, no, if the if the turf is loose, if the grass is loose, they'll switch to a five eight cleat. Some guys like to stay with a certain size because they're comfortable running with that. But some guys will go a little bit deeper if it gets if the field uh, if the field's frozen, they might go shallower with the cleat and stay uh, stay low to the ground. But if if it gets wet or sloppy with snow, then they'll go to a like a seven stud cleat so they can grip, so they won't slip at all. We had one of the Bears fans just tell us not to rub the Vaseline um, on your face. Do players still put it on their face or on their arms for additional warmth or to prevent windburn? Well, the. The wide receivers, anybody catching the ball can't have any any liquid or cream on their skin. But there's a heat cream that you can put on that helps your skin warm up a little bit. But uh, a lot of guys just go with like a sleeveless a sleeveless extreme shirt from Nike, and they just they have their same gloves on that they've been using all year. A lot of guys stay with the same regimen that they've been playing with each week carl do you remember a a disaster situation a fire on the sideline that you had to put out uh just because of the extreme temperatures or or something a situation that you had to alleviate what was the most extreme thing you had to take care of uh one of the capes blew into one of those sideline heaters so we had to grab it real quick (laughs) (laughs) when they who wait who decides whether it's sleeves or no sleeves? Is it unit by unit? And is there ever one guy on a unit that is not allowed to go with the others? No, you hear that from a lot of teams. Like a lot of the old linemen won't wear sleeves, but um, it's all up to the different teams. But Tony Medlin, he hooks up all those players and coaches and get them set in the locker room. And remember, they've been doing this during the week. Tomorrow's just, uh, just you know, they've already rehearsed all this. Tomorrow's just the ready for the game. And they've already, they've already been wearing all these items, so they're used to it. And they've worn them in college also. So it's nothing new to the players or the coaches. It's just you get your mind right and you want to go beat that other team. Buffalo plays in the same weather as us, and you know what? Chicago plays in the same weather as Buffalo, so. 
Carl Pekarski, former Bears equipment manager, joining us here on Carmen and Yurko. Tyler Aki, Peggy Kaczynski in for the guys today. So, Carl, who was the biggest complainer? Which Bears player used to complain the most about the cold weather games? Uh, I can't I can't give you any names, but uh, a few of the guys, you know, remember a lot of the players that are from the South, they, they might not be a use to this weather, but I'll tell you one story, and Tony Medlin, the head equipment manager now, can say it too. When Devin Hester came to Chicago, he came from the University of Miami, and um, I believe Tony taught him how to play in the cold weather, so... I think it worked out pretty good for me being Tony's assistant and being around Devin Hester's career. And I think he had a pretty good career in the cold weather. And we were able to get him, you know, adjusted to the cold weather. But I think that's what it is with the guys. You just got to, um, you offer everything to them. And then it's however they want to wear it and perform in it and not wear too much stuff, and not wear too little. And uh, remember, they're on the heated benches, and when their name's called, they go play the game in the cold weather. You know, companies that have teams of employees in Antarctica say that it takes a couple of weeks of exposure to that weather before the body stops shivering and stuff like that. So... A team can come right. in maybe a day early, but truly, you know, the guys like I remember Curtis Conway, that was a big knock against him. He couldn't stand when it was below 50 degrees. So is there any way for these guys to acclimate to it when they're from the south or the west coast? Um, now, what I've. What I've seen is once they get out on the field and they're in it and they're playing with their fellow teammates, they get adjusted to it pretty quick. It might take a few weeks, might take a few days, but I, I think once they see how everybody's running and catching and how they're throwing the ball in the weather, I think they all get adjusted pretty quick. And Who they, was the they, toughest Bears player, Carl? Who was the toughest guy that you ever uh, worked with that was just in, could could deal with any kind of weather? Well, I have a lot of players on that list, Peggy. You know that. I know. Tell her. Uh, <laughs> probably Walter Payton was probably the toughest I've ever seen play in cold weather and and any in rain and anything. He didn't want to wear a lot at all, and he just, you know, uh, just gave his all at all times. But there's a few players out there. I mean, I have a list of them, but um, I don't want to give names because I don't want to leave other guys out, but I have a whole list of guys. But I would say back in the day when I was a lot younger, Walter Payton, um, really rang a bell to me right out of the gate that he can play in the cold weather and smash people every week, win or lose. Carl, not only is it going to be cold, but it's going to be extremely windy as well. What kind of stuff do you guys tell quarterbacks in particular in dealing with the wind and making sure that some of their passes aren't as uh, affected as, as they would normally be with the wind? Um, I really can't. 
I can't answer that for Justin because I've been around him, but he's throwing the ball in Lake Forest in the wind. He's going to throw the ball in Chicago in the wind. And when he goes out to pregame, he's going to, he's going to test his, you know, accuracy in the wind thrown to his uh, tight ends and his wide receivers when they warm up and see, see how it, see how the ball flies in the wind. And then that'll determine, you know, their plays probably with uh, the coordinator and all that. But they're going to go out and practice right away just to see how the wind is rolling. And the same with the kickers. They're going to go out and see which way, you know, different ways, different angles, and then they'll decide. But they won't, they won't make it too complicated. They'll, they kind of probably already figured it out during the week when they're in Lake Forest, too, because it's pretty windy on those practice fields. So it gives them a great idea once they get to Soldier Field. Carl, before we let you go, we were telling folks about the coldest game in Bears history, December 22nd, Christmas week, 2008, uh, against the Packers, Monday night football. It was 7 degrees, minus 12 wind chill. I thought, though, that the game at the University of Minnesota against the Vikings felt colder. What was the coldest game for you in working with the Bears on their sidelines for 30 years? Well, the, going back to what you said, that Minnesota game was actually warm because it started snowing out. So everybody kind of got fired up in that game. But uh, as a ball boy in 1983, I was at three degrees against the Packers. But the 2008 game, I wrote down some notes, Peggy. You'd be proud of me with my wife because uh, – she said they were all at that game. They stopped selling beer because it was freezing. So the 2008 game, uh, that was Erlacher, Krutz, Kyle Orton was the quarterback. We won 20-17. to 17. That was my coldest game. I love it. Yep. That Carl, was my coldest to- game. That was my coldest game on record, ma'am. <laughs> it's great to catch <laughs> up with you. Enjoy your retirement. Are you doing anything special in retirement? Or are you going to sit back and watch the game in the warm comforts of your own home? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a Bear fan for life. Uh, I worked there many years. I, I wish him the best. I, I root him on every week. I want the guys to win every week. Um, I do get mad when they lose. Uh, I'm still a competitor i want to win just like they want to win they're a great group of players there with coach Everflus, and i talked to tony and text quite a bit the head equipment manager and we stay in touch but i want to spend more time with my uh wife mary and my son austin and i'll still watch football every week and go bears Carl, thank you for joining us. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and stay warm and safe. And you do the same, and thank you very much. You have a great show. Thank you. That's Carl Pekarski, former assistant Bears uh, equipment manager under Tony Medlin. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, he was the guy on the sidelines that was such a fan, he'd be yelling at some of the players at times. <laughs> it was awesome. He's just a really great guy. That's awesome to hear. All right, Peggy, when we come back here, I saw something on Twitter 
as it relates to Christmas gift giving and your family. All right. I'll, I'll bring that to you next here on Carmen and Yurko, Tyler Aki, Peggy Kaczynski in for the guys today on ESPN 1000. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Peggy Kaczynski in for Carmen and Yurko here on this Friday, leading you into your Christmas weekend here. Appreciate you all spending some time with us. Peggy, I was uh, scrolling through Twitter yesterday, and I stumbled upon a tweet from your son, Jason. Oh. And he tweeted out, hey, pushed it off this far, but just wanted to let everyone know that I am in an absolute rhythm with my Christmas shopping right now. I've tapped into a completely new zone. So now, are you going to be disappointed if he comes up a little short uh, with, with his Christmas giving th- this holiday season? I don't think he was including me in his uh, <laughs> crushing it with the Christmas giving. Oh, okay. He's probably talking about his girlfriend and his brother and sister, to be honest. Oh, so you're, <laughs> the, you're drawing the short straw here. Well, here's the thing. I told the kids, like, typically the parents buy the gifts that mm-hmm. they give to each other. So I said, why don't you guys make sure my husband went to TCU? I said, get dad a Duggan's uh, jersey, a TCU jersey, so that he can wear it for the game. And they all looked at me like, well, we'll order one on Tuesday or Wednesday. I said, well, he's not going to get it before Christmas. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's the thought that counts, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> So one day I will be happy when they are working adults and they can buy their gifts for each other before Christmas and receive it on Christmas. So, so you find that that lazy, like you get the little printout uh, in a in a card or in a little bag. You get the printout of, hey, sorry, it didn't come on time. And maybe they'll yes. blame like supply chain or something like that. Yes. And unfortunately, because I am in Florida and canceled my flight. I have to send emails to some of the people in my family that I had gifts for telling them what their gift is, which I feel terrible about, but it is what it is. Um, My family has great Christmas tradition. It's always been Christmas Eve for the Kaczynski family and then Christmas Day for my husband's family. And on Christmas Eve, Santa still comes. The kids still read from a Christmas storybook. They sit on Santa's lap. And then the adults do a grab bag. And our grab bag, we started, I guess, eight years ago, something like that, uh, spelling out Merry Christmas. Each year is a different letter from the words Merry Christmas. So last year was H for the letter in Christmas. Mm -hmm. So this year is the letter R. Okay. And you buy a grab bag gift with that letter. And then I usually come up with some really funny prompts and you pick a prompt out of the hat and then you give the gift to somebody that says, you know, give the gift to somebody who has the least amount of hair. (laughs) And that's what you do. So what are are some of the prompts we've got this year? Oh, or gosh. is that is this a procrastination thing and you don't get to that until tomorrow? I typically get to it on the 23rd with a nice glass of wine or two. 
and I try to come up with some that are very specific mm-hmm. to some people in the family. Hang on, I'm going to see if I can find. I work off of some. Oh, I can't. So find you do it. the I'm, old uh, right drunk, edit sober, right? Yeah, there's some that you scrap yes. in the morning when you get there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, there, there's definitely some that don't make it to, to Christmas Eve when, when uh, some of these prompts are, are being delivered. Do, so what does your family do on Christmas? Do you have any good traditions? So Christmas, uh, we spend with our cousins. We, we'll trade off going there or, or them coming to our house. But this year we're going out to their house. Um, and we, we do uh, something called, uh, it's like tree gifts. So like my mom usually is the one that coordinates it. And ev- there's like all these different gifts that get wrapped up and put on a tree. And they each have a number on it. And we all just have to get, because they're, the, the gifts are tailored to uh, um, certain people. So we have to guess the numbers of what we think ours is. And we just go around, we guess which number it is. And then if you get it right, you... You grab it, you open it up, all that stuff. So we do that every single year. Wow, that sounds complicated. That's why my mom takes care of it, and I am left out of the dynamic there. Um, oh, that's pretty she, funny. Yeah, my, my mom and I think my aunt also are the ones that usually take care of that. So uh, I they love are, it. They are much better at coordinating all of that stuff th- than I am. Um, and then uh, we'll usually like do... Uh, some little gift exchange. Are you a, a family that opens a present on Christmas Eve? Do you do any Christmas Eve opening? Yes. So when we get together with the Kaczynski part of the family, we open gifts then. But okay. for my kids and my husband, we open them Christmas morning. And I used to have this great tradition of having a dish for brunch that reflected our heritages. Mm-hmm. So I'm Polish, Irish, and German. Okay. And I would go to specialty shops and get pierogi, uh, German sausage, um, something Irish besides whiskey. And then I would, <laughs> my husband's side is um, more on the Swedish and Irish. So I would go to Andersonville neighborhood and I would buy some Swedish items and so we would just kind of have a buffet for, for brunch. But so many of those shops closed mm-hmm. that we stopped doing that a couple of years ago. Probably the first year of the pandemic, it was hard to find it. So, But that was a really fun tradition that we used to do. There's nothing better than a Christmas brunch, too. Like everyone's in their pajamas and all that, sitting around the table. And then there's usually, I'm sure people have like the, the same meal every single year. Um, but yeah, that, that's always a lot of fun. All right. When we come back, Peg, there's the report going around that the commander's offers for their franchise sale are coming in at an all-time high. We're looking at north of $7 billion. What could that mean for the Bears, though, if they were to go up for sale? We'll do all that when we come back. Tyler Aki and Peggy Kaczynski in for Carmen and Yurko.